Special edition of the Steelers Draft Fix. I'm Jeremy Betts, joined as always by Andrew Wilbar, BTSC's real draft superstar. Andrew, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. I'm looking really forward to today's show. We've got some really special interviews that we had a ton of fun recording. Um, looking forward to what you all uh, that look forward that you all are able to listen to these as well. You're going to enjoy them a lot. Oh, absolutely. It's it's uh, one thing to talk about these prospects, but to talk to them is just another thing entirely. You know, I always I always love communicating with people uh, directly. And in this case, honestly, each one of these guys, I feel so much better about um, even just the thought of the Steelers drafting them. Not that I wasn't for it before, but just the thought of them being a part of, of Steeler uh, of the black and gold is a lot has a lot more weight to it now because I've seen their their confidence their moxie and their personality kind of shine through in these interviews and um so I think uh the audience is really going to enjoy that and you know I hope you guys uh take from it that these guys are, are people that are going to become NFL players and it's really neat to get to know them as people in that way so I think Andrew, we're gonna kind of do this in. I think we've got three interviews in this this episode that we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna play for uh, you guys. So uh, Andrew, the first the first one we're we're gonna um, have for uh, for the audience is uh, actually our most recent one, and that's Daryl Baker Jr. out of Georgia Southern University. Did you have any quick hit thoughts on Daryl Baker before we uh, play the interview? This guy is a really good athlete, and in the interview, we discussed that multiple times. He is pro day numbers were fantastic, and they'll be mentioned in the interview. He looks the part of an NFL corner. He's still fairly new to the position. I believe he played receiver in high school. He's moved around to different defensive back positions. He's only played two years at corner, but he is pretty sound instinctually. He's a very good communicator in the back end. He's not, and I believe he's even said himself um, on a video on YouTube, uh, just kind of giving some background on him. He's not necessarily the most outspoken person, but you can tell that teammates have a lot of respect for him and kind of look at him as kind of the, you know, almost the leader, um, even though he may not be the most outspoken person. Um, and I think a lot of that's just due to his personality, who he is as a person. Seems to be a very sharp guy. Uh, we had a blast interviewing him, and you're going to have a blast listening to it. He sounds like a guy who just, it lets his his work do the talking for him and the confidence that he with which he speaks really plays to that and i have to be perfectly honest the guy today is one of my favorite sleepers in this draft combined with consistent production and elite athleticism this man was one of the best defenders in the sunbelt conference so with that being said we're delighted to be joined by georgia southern cornerback daryl baker Junior. Daryl, thank you so much for coming on today. We've been looking forward to this interview for a while now. How is your pre-draft process going and what's your excitement level right now as we're less than two weeks away from the NFL draft? Uh, the process has really been going smooth, man. I, I've been like anxious, you know, ready to find out where I landed, everything, but I, I learned to 
you know, sit back and actually live life every day, like still get my workouts in, stretching and all that. Uh, just a, so when that uh, that opportunity comes and arrives, I'm already ready for it. And I'm still going to continue to work until it's time for, you know, the OTAs, rookie mini camp and all that. And even when we get the little breaks from that, I'm still just going to be working. So, man, I'm just excited, man. It's an opportunity that not many people get, so I'm blessed. Yeah, you mentioned uh, not many people get this opportunity. You're you're living a lot of people's dream in this case. I uh, I know you're you're living my dream in part because I played <laughs> high school football, never got to play college football, but you know I'm a huge football fan. That's why I do this, and so uh, you know I, I know for me the game of football meant a lot. It was a huge part of my growing up process. But what is it about the game of football for you that makes you want to get up every morning and put in the work that it takes, uh, the work that's necessary to be NFL ready? Uh, you know, one, anything that I ever do, I want to be the best that I could possibly be, and I want to be the best out of everybody when I do something. And then another thing is just my family motivate me. Like every single day I wake up, I think about them. Uh, I'm praying every day. Uh, like another thing is just I'm I'm scared to fail. I never want to fail at anything in life, so I will bust my tail for anything, no matter what it is, so I can be successful. And it's not just for myself, but I'm a shine for God and my family as well. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Now, have you had the opportunity to meet with any Steelers personnel, coaches, scouting uh, department, anything? Have you been able to meet with any Steelers personnel during the pre-draft process? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, when I was out in Vegas at the Shrine Bowl, I believe I met with uh, a guy uh, that was doing some scouting for them, for them, but I forgot his name. Okay. That's awesome. There's definitely – it's very interesting when you get into the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl because these are becoming two more important events, really – in the pre-draft process each and every year because, you know, the combine is combine numbers, but when you actually get to see the players in pads and, uh, you know, actually get to see them playing against each other in actual game action, it's really telling, you know, is just seeing, you know, the difference in talent level. And you get to see players from a lot of different schools that generally would not face each other in a normal year. But, Jeremy, I believe you had a question in uh, just about the corner position and just uh, if you want to ask him that. Yeah, so I'm curious um, what got you started playing defensive back, you know, where that started for you and uh, what you think uh, your strengths are as a cornerback prospect coming out in this draft. Okay. Uh, well, I can't really just say what got me just to playing a defensive back position because, like, all my life I've been, you know, crazy athletic. So I've really mm -hmm. been able to play almost anything except quarterback because I can't throw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but in college, I was actually recruited there as a wide receiver. And then that first summer there, uh, they switched me to the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, we had some ball players there already that was in front of me. So I was like, man, I got to find a way to get on the field. And I was like, I know my athleticism, no matter where you put me, I know I'll excel. So I started playing some nickels, some strong and free safety. And then these past two years, uh, I switched back to the corner position after we had uh, two of our four-year guys, you know, leave or go to the NFL, whatever that was. And then after that, I just wanted to take it and run with it. And as far as, like, you know, strengths and weaknesses, I feel like my strength is, like, my IQ of the game. And, like, I'm so smart of a player that, like, no matter where you put me on the field, whether it's at that safety position, nickel, dime, or whatever, 
I know I can uh, excel in everything because I have that mental capacity to, you know, control the defense if I have to. And, like, I just know football, the situation. So I try to win every snap uh, mentally before it uh, even gets done physically because that can take care of a lot of things right there. And as far as weaknesses, you know, uh, uh, it's just really like the instinctive part being that I've only played it really two years uh, under actual defense. So it is all about, you know, getting that work in in the summertime and right now, and even during the season, all season, whatever, just continue to get in that work, getting as many reps as I can. So, you know, right now I've been uh, back and forth between Statesboro and Atlanta, working with Oliver Davis, uh, going or working with some of the pro guys, such as Aaron Stokes, AJ Terrell, Kendall Vildor. So, like, just seeing what they uh, – know how to do and all that, see how they move, just trying to pick up the little things and all that. And, like, when I'm in stage, bro, it's crazy because I'm even, like, running routes as a wide receiver because if I have those same ball fields as a wide receiver, I can go get those picks and I can be the best I can be. Right. And I know, Daryl, you'd mentioned about your, you know, athleticism. And for those of our listeners that are unaware, just to give some perspective, at Georgia Southern's Pro Day, he measured it at six foot and seven-tenths of an inch, 190 pounds, ran a 4.43 in the 40, 4.25 in the short shuttle, a 41 and a half inch vertical, a 136 inch broad jump, and a 7.07 in the three cone. I mean, it, these are incredible numbers across the board. What was your approach going into your pro day knowing that, okay, I'm, I'm playing Georgia Southern. We go under the radar so often. People, some, a lot of people don't know who I am. This is my opportunity to show people that I am a legitimate prospect and I have a lot of talent. How did you prepare for this event knowing that this is something that could truly make your draft stock? Uh, you know, I took it uh, just as another opportunity. You know, I didn't really want to make it too big for myself and, you know, give in to any type of pressure at the moments or everything. But the only thing I could do is just do everything that I've been training to do, you know. And, like, my goal with any and everything is, like, to be so good or be so great that nobody can tell me no, and I will always be noticed. So that's my approach to everything. So I know no matter what I do, like people are going to take notice. You have to. That's the defensive back confidence. Uh, oh. You know, the question I was going to follow up with actually goes along with that. Cause uh, if you talk and listen to um, coaches, they're always talking about, in the defensive backfield, cornerbacks especially, you got to have that mindset, a unique mindset where, hey, I might get beat on this play, but you got to rebound the very next play and make a play. How do you do that in an in-game situation where, you know, maybe a big play goes by you, but, uh, you know, you have to come back and bounce back the very next play and make a stop? How do you switch gears from, oh, man, I messed up to, hey, let's go get this the next time? Uh, you know, to me, it just takes that uh, short-term memory. Like, whether you make a play or miss a play, like, you still have to go on to the next play because it's still some more of the game that has to be played, and that just goes for anybody. And, like, say if myself or somebody, you know, gets bombed on for 50 yards, if we go down there and stop them, no matter where the ball at, at the in the red zone at the 12 or whatever, if they don't score any points, that's still a win for the defense. But, you know, coming to the sideline, coaches don't coach you up and everything. But at the same time, you got to hold yourself accountable to know what you could have did better. And it's like right after that, it's just all about proving. Like I, I try to tell myself, treat the game just like practice. I'm not going to do anything different uh, than other, other than what I've been training to do. Nice. 
Now, this past season, you only played in nine games due to some injuries, but while you didn't have any interceptions, you had eight passes defended, which is a very impressive number for anyone, let alone someone who only played nine games. What were some of the things that attributed to your success this past season? Like I said, or like anybody say, my athleticism and then just my knowledge of the game. Uh, I just watched so much film. It's crazy. So, like, uh, I say more than half of the time, I know what the team is about to do with the ball. Like, and even at the corner position, I'm not just seeing my side of the field. So I can direct traffic, tell everybody else what's going on. But it's like, you know, in the game of football, everything has to happen just like that. But when you watch that much film and, like, prepare the way that I prepare, it's like it's going to come easy and naturally. Yeah, I kind of want to – I had another question, but I wanted to kind of follow up on that because that's interesting to me. You talk about the instincts on the back end and uh, knowing what's happening on both sides of of the field, even if it's not the side you're playing. How big of a deal is communication on the back end um, I know you've got, you know, you've got safeties doing one thing. You've got coverage disguises. You've got corners, and you've got different packages coming in. Um, communication's got to be huge. How, how do you feel about communication on the back end during the play? Oh yeah, that's always the biggest piece uh, before any play, and even during any play. To me, because your D line, they can miss a play up front, but we could tackle it for you know maybe seven, eight yards. But if you're missing the in that uh, back end or secondary or whatever, that can go for the different the, the distance for a touchdown or whatever. So mm. it's just those little small things, like just keep teams uh, off the field uh, as much as we can. Three analogy, all that uh, eliminated those big games and everything. So communication is definitely the most important piece. Yeah, absolutely. You seem to be a sharp guy uh, who loves the game of football. That's a, that's a big key to playing on the back end, I'm sure. Um, you talked a little bit earlier about your passion for the game and and uh, you want to do it for your family. You want to do it for God. You want to be the best you can be. Uh, tell us about some of the people um, that you mentioned there that are really your motivation behind uh, the passion that you have for the game. Uh, I say Tendo uh, Vildor, like he's one of my biggest motivators and like biggest blessings at the same time, you know, because he came out uh, before me and everything. Mm. So it's like that. Be somebody that was like right beside me, uh, that's made it to the league, is actually playing in the league and you know, making plays and all. So I was like, man, I want to go ahead and get to that. So it's like, yeah. I'm not gonna find any type of excuse for myself not to be next, you know, why not me? And then, like, I could say he's also another well, he was one of my biggest blessings in life because uh, last year or 2020, before the season even started, uh, I had asked him, like, could I just stay at his uh, spot up in Atlanta to get some workouts in and all that. And he let me do that for free. He didn't charge me anything. Like, I ain't care if I had to sleep on the couch and go get the work in. And it was, like, just those sacrifices of, like, it, it got me to where I'm at today because nobody ever knew, like, I was going from Statesboro to Atlanta, which is, like, a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive, like, every weekend just to get in some, some good work and all that. But it was, like, man know what i'm invested in myself i asked my parents to invest in me so like anything i ever say i want to do i'm gonna do exactly that 
now, for, before I get to my other question, there is a video for those of you listening on YouTube. It's about two minutes long that was put out by Georgia Southern Athletics. Just very good, very insightful. Gives a little bit of background on Daryl as a player and as a person. Very interesting video. I watched that today, actually. Very good video. Um, but before we get to our final question, Jeremy and I have some random rapid fire questions that we just so that our listeners can get maybe a little bit more familiarized with you as a person, not just as a player. So the first question, just some rapid fire questions. First one, what is, who is your favorite NFL player? I know you mentioned Kendall Vildor. Do you have another favorite NFL player? Uh, he's not in the NFL no more, but my favorite NFL player was Dez Bryant. And it's because like, he's mm-hmm. a dominant player. He don't let you know he dominating you. And like, he just continue to do it. Like He's just a dog on the field. And, like, I, I see that in myself. Yeah, man. Okay, so uh, what is your favorite sport other than football? Favorite sport other than football? Uh, I say basketball because that was a okay. uh, real first love. So. Yeah, cool. Favorite flavor of ice cream? Cookies and cream. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah, let's go. Yeah. That's what I'm talking cream. about. <laughs> It combines the best of both worlds, right? You get some chocolate in there. You get some uh, some vanilla. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Okay, uh, favorite video game? Favorite video game? Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, i say Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I don't really like the, you know, the 2Ks. Or, I'll sure. play Mac, Call of Duty and all that, but I, I could be on GTA all day. A classic, huh? Yeah, can't go wrong with it. Sure. Favorite meal? Favorite meal? Ooh, steak, mashed potatoes, and green beans. Saute. It's the best. Yes, sir. Get some butter in there. That's right. Okay. Um, I don't know if you uh, had a favorite NFL team growing up, uh, or if you have one now. What What would that be? Uh, well, growing up, my dad's favorite team was the Dallas Cowboys, and you know. Just naturally following along, that uh, grew to be my favorite team, too. So I say them. Absolutely. Okay, now I'm a proud Michigander. So I'm from Michigan right now. I'm out of state at college. But proud Michigander. Are carbonated beverages called pop, soda, or Coke? (laughs) Soda. (laughs) Soda. Soda. That's exactly right. Okay, Coca-Cola pop. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, what is that? <laughs> That's the sound it makes when you open it. It is. It's like, you know, I'm not a Words would sound like what they mean. You know, it gives that mm, pop. So it just has that, you know, uh, I don't know, just like a fizzled out sound. I don't know. So does something. So does just the way it is. It's That's the yeah. only way to say it. Uh, okay, so last but not least, um, what is your favorite city or state to visit? Um, favorite city or state? I, I'll just go ahead and say Atlanta. Just because, like, okay. anytime I'm, I'm riding there, especially, like, in the night, and I'm seeing, like, all those buildings and lights, like, I just get yeah. motivated because, you know, me being from a little small town, it's not really much there. Like, I, I want to be around that. Like, that's what's going to get me going every day. That's pretty cool. Follow him on Twitter, at 12 underscore Daryl. Daryl, thank you so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Obviously, I'm hopeful that you wind up with the Steelers. You're one of my favorite late-round sleepers. And I'm just excited to see you do great things in the NFL. Jeremy, did you have anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? Well, I just thought it was interesting that, um, uh, 
you know, you went to Georgia Southern, and that's like what an, only an hour from Hepsiba where you grew up. Yeah, right? just, yeah. So that's pretty cool. You got to stay close to home and everything, and still play, still play ball. So I just thought that was interesting. I I don't know. It's not really a question, but uh, that's pretty cool that you got to do that. So uh, it wasn't a really yeah, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, God's plan's different sometimes, right? Always, but it's always right for you. All right. That's going to do it all for this time again. Yeah, all right. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, best wishes on your NFL draft endeavors. I uh, appreciate you guys. Yes, thank you. And then our second interview, uh, Andrew, I was not able to make it for that one. So tell us a little bit about uh, who you had in interview number two. I was able to interview Zacoby McLean, linebacker from Auburn. And this was a guy early in the year I watched a lot of tape of. Uh, very impressive. He flies with the football. He didn't test quite as well as some people had expected, uh, but he plays really fast. He's not the biggest linebacker, and adding weight is something that he'll probably want to do. We'll see, you know, where he winds up in the NFL. Uh, but he's a guy who's been through a lot, had a lot of struggles, uh, lost a loved one, just a lot of – trials in his life, but he's been able to overcome them. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can make it at the NFL level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really was uh, disappointed I couldn't make it for that one, but it was a great interview, and I, I really think you guys are going to enjoy that one too. Well, the man we're about to talk to was one of the best linebackers in the SEC, and he was kind enough to join me for an exclusive NFL draft interview here on Behind the Steel Curtain. So without, that, without further ado, we are delighted to be joined by Auburn linebacker and 2022 NFL draft prospect, Zacoby McLean. Zacoby, thank you so much for coming on today. I know you're incredibly busy as you're mean with NFL teams getting ready for the draft. What have you been doing to prepare for your pre-draft interviews? And what is one thing that you really want to drive home to GMs and coaches, not only about you as a player, but also as a person? I just want to know I'm a good junior person. Um, I'm a guy that love ball. I just, I just love to play ball. What else you said, though? Um, just the, maybe one trait or something about you that you really want to drive home to coaches and GMs where the first thing when they think of Zacoby McClain, that's what I think of. Oh, yeah. They're going to just think of like a nice gym, a guy that's a leader on the love of the game, and he's always just willing to learn and got good instinct to play ball. Now, if you had an opportunity to meet with any Steelers personnel during the pre-draft process, whether that be Coach Tomlin, GM Kevin Colbert, or any, you know, area scouts, whatever, have you had any meetings with the Steelers during the pre-draft process? Probably like one time, one time, like a uh, scout. Okay, all right. So you've had some contact with them. Let's dive real quickly into you as a player. You seem to play with a lot of energy when, you know, I watch your tape, you seem to play with a lot of energy. Where do you get your motivation from and how do you keep that motor running at hundred percent all the time? Uh, get it from my family. Uh, everybody always play football. We always having fun. I always just turning up. The only way I keep it going is by when I make plays, just turn up a little more. My motivation is just like my brother, my brother passed before I got, to, uh, got college. Yeah. I got shot in the head. Now, one of the first things that pops out on tape when I watch you is that you can hit hard. Now, you're you're not the biggest linebacker in the world. How have you been able to overcome that lack of size and be able to play like a physical linebacker? Is it simply mindset? Is it something your coach has instilled into you? What you know? What has made you the style of player that you are? 
Uh, I just always been a dog. I've always been an underdog, so I always had something to prove. I just I always just want to just knock somebody out every time I touch them. That's the fun part about football. That's why I love the game, get to knock somebody out for fun and not getting in trouble. Now, you obviously play bigger than your size, but is adding weight something that you – is that a priority once you get to the NFL? Is that something you'd like to do? Uh, it wouldn't matter. Whatever the – not not really. I would want to stay at 225, though. 225, 227. It wouldn't be no bigger. Yeah, absolutely. And really, when you look at the linebackers across the league, that's how a lot of guys are coming in now, just flying to the ball. Uh, the Steelers had a guy just a couple of years ago that was considered undersized and Devin Bush before the injury was playing really, really well. Mm. Um, one other thing that I noticed on your tape was that when I compared it to your tape in 2020, you made up major strides in coverage. You were arriving to the ball quicker. You were getting into more passing lanes, breaking up more passes. What is one thing that really helped you develop your coverage skills during your time at Auburn? Well, we had no deep coordinator, uh, Coach um, Derek, Coach Derek. Coach Mason, I meant Mason, and uh, Coach Smitty. Um, they used to always tell me, like, we ended up playing zone coverage. I like cover all, all really with Coach Steele. So they just taught me a lot of techniques and how to, I need to get depth in my drops and read the quarterback. They just on me every day about it. Now, I imagine you do watch a good bit of football. Who is one NFL player that you look up to and say, you know, I want to be like that player in the NFL? So I, I got two. I got it's the Levante David and Darius Lennon with them two. Yeah, those guys, when you think of underrated linebackers, Levante David is one of the first names that always comes up. He doesn't get a whole lot of buzz in the yeah. media, but every week consistently making big plays for his team. That is a really interesting uh, linebacker that not a whole lot of people give a whole lot of attention to, but he's one of the best in the league. Two more questions and then I'll let you go. You guys have a big-time cornerback prospect in Roger McCreary. How do you think his game is going to translate to the NFL? He's going to try really good. He quit uh, fast and not recognize play. He know what resource coming. He know how to play his technique and whatnot. And when he uses speed, he's a good player, leader, um, good people to be around. Going to flip real good. Now, final question, because I know you got to go. You got a lot of things going on. It's draft night. We're finally to the moment that you've been anticipating for a long time. And the person announcing the pick says, with the fill-in-the-blank pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Zacoby McLean, linebacker Auburn. What's going through your head? What's your initial reaction when you find out that you'd be playing for Mike Tomlin and the legendary Steelers organization? Uh, it mean a lot because I, I grew up watching Ryan Shazier and I see what happened to him. And I used to, uh, he's, he was like a role model to me and I always compare myself to him because he was small, fast, and like not people are just like me. So I would I would it would be gonna be very exciting. Follow him on Twitter at Ricochet Rabbit. Zacoby, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Best wishes on your NFL career. Appreciate it. Thank you. We'll wrap it up with uh quarterback Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky, who had an absolutely phenomenal year uh behind center for for Western Kentucky. They they didn't play a, a great schedule, obviously, um, but the competition was was pretty good. Um, he made the jump from FCS to FBS. And Andrew, I think you and I both saw a guy that was a quick decision maker, but that could also go through progressions uh, when you see that on tape. And uh, he's got some NFL ready um, skills, uh, probably some fine tuning needed, obviously, but an interesting day two probably pick. What do you think? 
Yeah, I'm probably going to have a day two grade on him. He has a better arm than what people give him credit for. I believe at the senior bowl, he had like the second uh, fastest ball based on velocity after Malik Willis. Like Malik Willis was like 75 miles an hour. Uh, Zappi's like 74 miles an hour. So he has a good arm, uh, has good accuracy, good ball placement. He's got moxie, and you know we I, we I think both of us realized that when we interviewed him. Uh, just very high character guy. He's a guy that I think teammates are just going to love. Teammates are just going to flock to. Uh, they're going to uh, he's going to earn the respect pretty quickly. For comparisons, you know we've talked about comps for different guys, and he mentioned a guy. I'm not going to give it away, but in the interview he mentions a player who's going to be a future Hall of Famer that he really looked up to. And the more I think about, it, the more I do see some similarities. I'm not saying he's going to necessarily be that guy, but a mixture of him and then there's another quarterback. Uh, that is really a lot of people believe is starter capable in the NFL, and that's Gardner Minshew. Um, I believe that Zappi is a lot more talented than Gardner Minshew is. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think he's kind of a mixture of Minshew and then the guy that Zappi mentioned in the interview, and that's a, a really good comparison. He gets overlooked a lot when we talk about the quarterbacks in this draft, but he's someone in the right system that I think has a chance to be a starter at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of a, a high floor guy, right? That's, that's a good description of him. He, he's probably going to put a solid work in as a backup at the very least, you know, a, a really good backup. And then maybe like a Kirk Cousins or, you know, even Gardner Minshew at times um, with Jacksonville, where it just looked like that they, they could play on that level and be competitive starting caliber quarterbacks. This guy's put together a phenomenal showing throughout the pre-draft process. And he was kind enough to join us today on the Steelers Draft Fix podcast. So without further ado, we are delighted to be joined by Western Kentucky quarterback and 2022 NFL draft prospect, Bailey Zappi. Bailey, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. You've been a busy guy over the past few weeks. What has been your biggest takeaway from the pre-draft process so far? Um, you know, it's just everything I really dreamed of. Um, this is something that I've been, you know, like I said, dreaming of, I guess, since I first started playing football at, you know, five years old. Um, this process has been fun. It's been amazing. Met a lot of great people. Um, you know, really looking forward to draft day. Now, have you met with any Steelers personnel for an interview or meeting throughout the pre-draft process at all? Yes, I've met with the Steelers, um, of course, at the Senior Bowl and then at the NFL Combine. Awesome. Cool deal. Um, it's it's a crazy thing to think about that the draft's only like three weeks away, right? And your it is crazy. Your NFL future is going to be decided, but um, you know, I don't know how how often you get to watch the Steelers, uh, who you grew up uh, rooting for or whatever. But uh, uh, what is something about the Pittsburgh Steelers that um, you think, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that would get you excited to come play uh, in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, you just look at all the young guys you got around the quarterback position. You got Najee, you got Claypool, you got Deontay. Um, you got a bunch of great weapons surrounding you. You got a great offensive line. Um, you know, I haven't been able to meet, you know, the coaches. I've only heard things about, you know, Coach Tomlin, um, one of the greatest coaches, you know, to ever, you know, really coach and in the NFL right now. That's um, right. So That's to, right. <laughs> yeah. So be able to play for a guy like that um, would be amazing. Um, but, you know, I'm excited for, you know, any opportunity, no matter which team it is, no matter what time I go in the draft, um, I just need one opportunity, I feel like. And if that's the Steelers, I'm be excited. 
Yeah, man. Uh, great organization. I'm, I'll tell you what, you're, you're living my dream. I got to play a little bit of quarterback in high school. Uh, didn't really translate over to the collegiate level or anything like that. <laughs> but um, I'm curious about your high school um, career because I played for a small school. So I played some quarterback, but I also played running back wide receiver, linebacker, safety, whatever was needed, whatever yep. package coach decided to throw out there. So um, I'm curious, did you have similar experience? And if so, how does that shape who you are as a player today? Yeah, so I have the opposite experience. Um, okay. I, was at a, I was at a big high school, so I only played quarterback. That's the wow. I wasn't allowed to play defense. I wasn't allowed to do anything else. The only thing I did was play quarterback. So, sure. um I mean, you were kind of like the Iron Man, I like to call it. You played everywhere. Yeah, it wasn't so, fun, though. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just played quarterback. But, you know, my, sure. we played uh, 5A football in Texas, mm. which is, you know, it goes all the way up to 6A. So we're a pretty big school. Um, I've started my sophomore year on varsity, played sophomore, junior, senior on varsity. Um, you know, we got better every year. My senior year was our best year. We went four rounds deep. So um, my, my high school career was great. Um, you know, it got me to where I am today. So I'm extremely grateful. Awesome. Now for our listeners that may be unaware of this, you began your career at Houston Baptist, which I believe was the only school that gave you an offer coming out of high school. Did that in any way motivate you throughout college and give you any sort of urge to justify the expectations you were given? Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, of course you kind of look at it, you kind of look at it two ways. You can look at it, you know, I'm gonna go out there and prove all my haters wrong. Um, or you can kind of go out there and be like, all right, Houston Baptist was the only team to or only program to give me an offer. And I want to go out there and prove that, to, you know, to Coach Sheely and to everybody that believed in me at that program, that the decision they made to offer me was the right one. Um, and that's kind of the, you know, the way I took it. I wanted to prove to those people that, you know, believed in me and gave me the offer that, you know, what they did was the right thing. And, you know, we had what, three and a half great years there. Um, and, you know, they're ultimately that that one offer is what got me here today. Otherwise, I wouldn't be standing right here if they didn't give me that offer. Yeah, man, uh, the the transfer process, I'm sure, was was difficult because a place you had you had grown to love uh, over at, in Houston Baptist. But Western Kentucky gave you uh, a big chance to jump up to the FBS level. Right. And uh, step up in some competition a little bit. And man, you rose to the challenge, uh, led the FBS in passing yards and touchdowns. That's that's incredible. Almost 6,000 passing yards and over 60 touchdowns. That's fantastic work there. Um, how did you overcome those challenges of transferring from FCS to FBS? And, um, you know, how do you think that'll help you in your translation from college to the NFL? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, uh, transition wise, of course, going up levels is kind of like the speed of the game. Um, you know, you're playing against a bunch of guys that, you know, are really good athletes to be like, you know, they play a lot faster. So you got to play faster. So I think that's was one of the biggest things for me um, in the transition was kind of getting used to that, kind of getting familiar with it, um, getting out there, doing extra work with the guys, um, getting the connections down with the receivers and doing all that stuff, you know, before spring ball to kind of have everything, you know, situated. And I think that's going to help me, of course, going to the NFL. Um, you know, I think the jump's going to be a lot bigger of course, from going FCS to FBS. Now we're going to the professional. Um, the speed of the games and be, a, you know, much faster, of course. And that's to be something that I have to get used to. But, you know, that's a challenge that, you know, I'm really excited to, you know, take head on. And, um, you know, this is a dream of mine to be able to be an NFL quarterback. So I'm really excited for, you know, the transition, you know, to the NFL. And, um, you know, I just can't wait.
You guys have two other high-profile draft prospects in this draft as well, one of which is wide receiver Jared Stearns. You guys connected on 150 passes for over 1,900 yards and 17 touchdowns. I mean, that's uncanny. How did you guys develop such a good chemistry, and how do you think his game actually projects to the NFL? Yeah, so um, I'll talk about our connection. I think he came my sophomore year, so we've been playing probably four years together, three and a half years together, and um, – you know, kind of off the field, we're best friends as well. So we go out, we do everything together off the field. So I think that's what kind of helped translate our connection onto the field. Um, you know, we're, we like I said, we've been best friends for four years now. I'm, we go bowling, do all that fun stuff together. So, um, you know, going on the field, it's just like we're off the field. We're, you know, we understand what each other's thinking. Um, you know, sometimes he'll even give me a check that he wants so I could check it back to him, you know, kind of stuff that he's saying. And, um, you know, I think the way he's going to translate to the football field is he's just, he's an unbelievable worker. He can, he works his butt off and everything. I mean, he understands the, you know, the, the slang of, you know, nothing's, you know, nothing's given, everything's earned and he's going to go out there and earn everything he wants and he deserves it all. Um, you know, he's, he understands the game unbelievably. Um, you know, I've learned a lot from him, you know, growing, you know, these last four years. And, you know, I know whichever team he goes to, whenever it is, um, he's going to be one of their top guys, no doubt. Um, he's an unbelievable player, has great hands, uh, runs great routes, understands the game well. Um, I'm just excited to see where he goes and see how his career plays out. That's awesome. Uh, you've got another guy that maybe you didn't, weren't as good of friends with because he was consistently – there in your backfield and during practices and uh, and uh, scrimmages, but uh, D'Angelo Malone, um, a guy that you know has some talent and is looking to make the leap as well. Uh, what makes him uh, such a dangerous uh, weapon off the edge? Yeah, well, actually, it's would be surprising. We're actually really good friends as well. All right. We hang out a lot too. So we've over this past year, we've been um, we've grown close. We're great friends. We you know we throughout this whole training process we've been texting back and forth just you know giving each other updates on everything but I mean that's he's what you call a a freak I mean that guy is an amazing player um, I think at pro day he weighed it you know 240 something ran a low four five I mean it is he's an unbelievable player um, you know I'm glad he was on my team I'm glad I didn't have to play him actually where he could actually come hit me um, but I mean he's like I said about Jared, he understands the game of football. He understands what, what the work it takes to, you know, be great. Um, and, I'm you know, I think I'm more excited to see how their careers play out than anything. I mean, those two guys are, you know, great friends of mine. They have great football players. And, um, you know, I'm going to be more excited about, you know, where they get drafted than, you know, myself, I believe. That's cool. Yeah, every year there's a bunch of quote-unquote experts out there who love to throw out NFL comparisons. <laughs> Is there a certain quarterback, past or present, that you personally try – that you think you compare well to or maybe you try to model your game after? Yeah, so it's kind of something funny. I was a big Peyton Manning fan growing up. I always went to the Texans games whenever the Colts would come down to Houston. Um, but once I realized I wasn't going to be 6'4", 6'5", I kind of <laughs> hopped off that train. And, um, you know, so somebody that I really paid attention to was Drew Brees. Um, you know, the way he played, the way he prepared, um, you know, the fundamental wise of playing the quarterback position, the way he was just able to, you know, accuracy, I think is kind of the biggest thing that stands out when everybody talks about Drew Brees. And so he was definitely a guy that I paid a lot of attention to um, through high school, through college and watched a lot of film of. 
Well, you've definitely shown to be an accurate player at the collegiate level, um, almost 70% completion percentage this last year. That's, that's awesome. Good work there. Um, and then as, as you um, made progressions uh, during the play, as you, as you read the play out, do you think that that is something that translates to the next level for you as well? A lot of schools, a lot of schemes, they it's like quick read RPO and you guys had a little bit of that, but I saw that you could make some progressions, um, go through your progressions. Is that something you feel is a strong suit for you? Thank you for saying that. I appreciate you. I appreciate (laughs) you. Uh, Yes. That's something that I feel like is going to really help me. Um, like you said, there's offenses do it differently. Um, it depends whatever scheme you're in. Um, some do like a lot of RPO is a big part of the game right now. Um, you know, some do half field reads, some do full field reads, left or right. Um, you know, four or five different reads in one play. Uh, we kind of did all of it. So I feel like, you know, that's really going to help me, of course, translate to whatever offense I go and be able to fit in wherever I'm at um, scheme wise. Um, but I think, you know, the full field, the left to right was definitely a kind of something that was a misconception about the air raid. Um, mm-hmm. But with Kitley's tree and the way he's designed his tree of air raid, um, there's a lot more full field stuff, full field progressions that, sure. you know, I feel like has really helped me throughout this process. And that will help me, uh, you know, translate my games to the NFL. That's awesome. So it's draft night. All right. We don't know what day, but <laughs> maybe day one, maybe day two, maybe day three, whatever happens, you're going to get drafted, right? That's going to be awesome. We hear it called over the the airways, whatever. The Pittsburgh Steelers select Bailey Zappi. What's going through your mind at that point, and what are you most excited about getting getting started with? Well, I mean, whether it's the Steelers or anybody, I mean, that phone call is definitely going to be, you know, the best moment of my life so far, mm-hmm. um, something that I've been dreaming of all my life. And, you know, of course, I'm going to – first thing I'm going to do is thank those – you know, that drafted me, of course, tell them that, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to prove them right. Um, and then, of course, you know, I'm going to have families, family and friends around me. Um, start hugging everybody, start, you know, thanking everybody for kind of, kind of, you know, I'm sure the emotions will start, you know, coming in. But um, it's going to be an awesome experience. It's definitely going to be something that, um, you know, I'm going to remember forever hearing my name called. And, you know, I'm extremely excited about it wherever I go, whether it's the Steelers or the other 31 teams and, you know, it's just an awesome experience going through this process, and I'm extremely excited. Follow him on Twitter, at BaileyZappy04. Bailey, thank you so much for coming on today. Best wishes on your NFL career. We'll be rooting for you no matter where you go, obviously. We'd love <laughs> to see you come to the Steelers, uh, but we look forward to seeing what you can do in the NFL. Go get them. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me. Absolutely. Rooting for you, man. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Thanks. All right, Steelers fans. Well, we hope you enjoyed each one of those interviews, I know Andrew and I had a blast doing them, and uh, we're going to talk about these guys more as uh, after the draft and where where we see them go. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if the Steelers snap up any of these guys. Um, but don't forget to check out um, the Quentin Lake interview that uh, Andrew and I got to do. If you haven't seen that one as well, I believe that was like our one of our first couple or three episodes that we we did that one so don't forget to check that one out and andrew any last thoughts before we let the let the listeners go um after these special interviews we just have 
Well, just keep checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We have a lot of draft content coming out these next couple of weeks. It's going to be real busy. Right now, I'm going, I, I was going about 36 hours with no sleep. Got a two-hour nap in this afternoon. Uh, but there's a lot going on with the big board. We still have the corners and receivers that are coming out. By the time this comes out, um, the wide receiver board may already be out. Um, but be checking out for those. We have discussion articles that usually run a day or two after the big board and discussing whether the Steelers should address that position in the draft. Then I have some sleeper articles, which are my favorite ones to do the entire year because they're players that are so undervalued. And I, I can almost guarantee you Daryl Baker is going to be one of those guys that is mentioned in that day three sleeper article. I have an offense one that is going to run uh, this week. And then the week of the draft, I'm going to have the defensive one that's going to run probably early in the week. And then of course, my mock draft uh, 5.0. Uh, at a very controversial 4.0, which we'll probably get into um, on the next episode of the draft fix, so be sure to check that out. Uh, but for mock uh, 5.0, that will come out in the morning of the draft. And, uh, of course, then we have the final big board, which will probably also come out that Thursday, either that Wednesday or Thursday. Top, it's either going to be top 250 or top 300 players in this draft with in-depth scouting reports on these guys. Plus, we'll also have a printable version. So when you're watching the draft – and you don't want to scroll through 250 scouting reports. You just want a short list of players and how they're ranked. We're going to have that for you. You can just print it off and uh, you can have that as a source when you're watching the draft at home. So there's a lot of things going on. Be checking daily for draft content. There's going to be so much coming out these next couple of weeks. And I know both of us are looking forward to it. Absolutely. And don't forget to tune into the draft uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, what are those actual dates? Is it like the 20? Go ahead, 26th? 28th through the 30th. Oh, sorry, 28th through the 30th. That's right. Okay, check that out. And uh, Steeler Nation, as always, good to talk with you. We'll come at you again next time on the Steelers Draft Fix. Have a great week ahead. When I know that it can never really be the same.